Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, it's Ben Davis. Thanks for catching up on Mornings here on SENQ. But you know what? You can also catch up some great content with other SEN shows, such as Brekkie with Patty and Heels, The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp, all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But until then, sit back and enjoy and make sure you tell your mates. It's the induction of Hall of Famers, including my next guest. He is an icon of Brisbane. He is one of the best sports broadcasters that we have ever seen in this country. He's filled the airwaves for more than half a century with wit and wisdom and passion and precision, insight and individuality. It started, well, in 1966 in Mount Isa, and it ended here in Brisbane. What he hasn't called, what he hasn't seen, isn't worth knowing about. I mean, we're talking the the first Cricket World Cup at Lords in 75. He He's seen Bradman play. He's seen Labor play. Um, State of Origins was there in 1980, the first time they called that. He called the 84 State of Origin. How he did that, the SCG in the wet. Um, the 95 Shield win for Queensland, uh, Olympic Games in Sydney. It's just one of the reasons why he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I'm speaking uh, none other than the, the real McCoy, John McCoy. Macca, very good morning to you. Congratulations, Hall of Famer. <laughs> just to add to oh, the list. Uh, thank you very much, Benny. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, look, it was an absolute surprise. I got the shock of a life when I was uh, when I was saying and told about it. It was the last thing that I had even considered but it's a it's a wonderful honor and I feel very privileged yeah of of the 15 athletes I'm going to skip ahead here but of the 15 athletes to mm-hmm. be named the sports or the finalists the sports don't get, ask me to pick one please well I mean that's a, I mean, a judge like have you ever been asked to judge one of these no I ha- look I haven't been a a judge for the Queensland sports star of the years but but then I have been um, since the inception of the Laureus International Sports Awards for the International Sports Star of the Year, I've been on the judging panel for that <laughs> inception. So wow. I know I know what a tough job it is. But look, in that's in that's an honour in itself, Macca. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, and look, we've um, just in the last couple of days submitted my entries for uh, for the awards for this year, which will be announced early next year. However. Mm. But the Queensland Awards, I mean, it is just so damn hard. There's not a Commonwealth or Olympic Games, is there, where at some stage someone won't say, if Queensland were a nation, here's where they would be on the medal telly. I mean, that's how tough it is. And this year is this year's no exception, is it? You know, so, and then, look, I, I've got to say, the awards run, of course, by Q Sport, and I don't think it's any coincidence 
that Queensland is so strong when you've got the, the umbrella body, the, the parent body of sport in Q Sport being sort of so proactive as we are here in Queensland. And all everybody's on the same hymn page in Queensland under, yeah. under Q Sport. And I always... Then I always remember, you know, the great the super coach Jack Gibson. Whenever Gibbo would be considering a, a change of club, he always said the first thing he looked at was not the playing roster. He said, "Show me the front office," and he said, "I'll tell you whether you know I, I want to be there." And look, it's the same here, and that's why with a parent body like Q Sport, why Queensland, one of the, the reason, a great reason why Queensland overall in every sport you want to name is just so strong. And this year. Just look at the quality of the candidates in all of the fields for tomorrow night. It's incredible. Incredible indeed. For the Sports Star of the Year, I mean, they'll be joining the likes of Ash Barty, Mick Dewan, Susie O'Neill, Adam Scott, Kate Campbell, Matt Hayden, Grant Hackett, Steph Gilmore, yeah. Jeff Hoy, and, and the name John McCoy is going into the Hall of Fame. Mac, 1966 at 4LM Mount Isa, it all began. Yeah, it did actually. Yeah, look... I um, I was born and raised in in Brisbane, um, and when I finished school at in 1966, I already had a job lined up in in radio, and so I had Christmas at home that year with mum and dad and the family, and I uh, then that day after Boxing Day, so I headed out to Mount Isa and to uh, 4LM, which was part of the uh, the colour radio network with 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG in Longreach, and 4IP in, in Greater Brisbane. And um, so I went out to Mount Isa. I was on air the day after I arrived there and had 11 months out in Mount Isa before I got transferred back to, uh, to 4OP. And uh, I loved those days. I was, look, I, and I still love music. And in those days, it was uh, the 60s. Of course, it was the era of, you know, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Elvis, you name it. And so for a young bloke who loved music, being a disc jockey, when, uh, when I was at 4OP, we got to be number one in Brisbane for the first time. So they were great days, but um, and I, I was so lucky that I had wonderful people, great radio people, who taught me and um, and you know were able to guide me and show me some of the pitfalls and and then. But I always wanted to do sport; that was my passion. And um, as it turned out, Benny, the I always there was a fellow on Four uh, BC, the the main sports station. Tom, the late Tom McGregor, he was a wonderful sports broadcaster. He was the program manager of 4BC as well, but a great sports broadcaster. And I used to always think that's the sort of job I'd like. So I reckon Tom was the one who probably was instrumental in me wanting to go into radio, particularly to go into sport. And I, I never got to meet Tom. It was one of the, the great sorrows of my life that I didn't. However, as quite incredible as it may seem, Tom, after covering the Mexico Olympic Games, he came back and not long after he took ill and uh, then passed away. And the vacancy that was created was the one that I was able to take and become the sports coordinator at 4BC. And they they took me on sight unseen. It was my great mate and mentor, Vince Curry, the brilliant Brisbane radio uh, uh, race caller, who knew that I loved sport and Vince took a punt on me. And, uh, and that's how I started in sport. So I was very lucky. 
And we thank Vince for it as we are all lucky, Macca, to have you along for the ride as part of the, the soundtrack of our, our lives growing up, watching, listening to, to sport, not only on radio, but, but TV as well. What was the World Cup at Lords, the, the first World Cup? Yeah. Was that one of the first assignments for you? Um. Yeah, 1975, I probably would have been one of the early ones. I, I went over to, after having had a couple of years at 4IP, um, I went to 4BC, I think about 1970 or early 71, somewhere around there. So, mm. yeah, look, it would have been one of my earliest assignments to go over and cover the World Cup. Um, it was, one day cricket was really in its infancy. No one knew what to expect. But as it turned out, it was a brilliant final at Lords, um, and it was Australia and the West Indies. And the West Indies looked as though that they were going to win and win easily. I remember um, Clive Lloyd scored a century, a couple of brilliant runouts that were uh, created by Viv Richards, and it looked as though they were going to win comfortably. And then there was a rearguard action by Australia who batted second, and they eventually got within 17 runs. But the West Indies won and deservedly won, but it was just a, a brilliant game of cricket. And being at Lords, it was yeah something I look back on with uh, you know great memories. Mate, you're rolling it out as if it was yesterday, 1975. <laughs> that was. Now I was yeah. trying to do my my maths here, my sums. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you saw Bradman play. That doesn't add up. I did. I did. <laughs> you didn't call him playing. <laughs> now let me tell you. Let me tell you, put this in perspective, Betty. Um, Don Bradman captained the Invincibles, the unbeaten side in 1948. And, of yeah. course, we know that out for a duck in his last innings. Um, I was born the year later. Okay. <laughs> so, what happened? What happened? Um, some years after that, there was a testimonial game. I'm pretty sure from memory it was for Colin McCool, the Queensland leg spinner who was in Bradman's Invincibles. But the game was held, of all places, at Perry Park, which in those days was the headquarters of, we say today AFL, but it was known as Australian Rules Football in those days. Perry Park. Before Perry Park became the soccer ground. But it was the AFL, or Australian Rules Headquarters. Oh. I think the Gabba, uh, the Gabba used to host all of the big rugby league games, of course. I'm sure rugby league would have been on at the Gabba, which was why they went to Perry Park. And... Only being a you know a young fellow, but my dad said to me, "We're going to go along and and uh, watch this this game." He said because you'll get the opportunity to see Don Bradman play, and you can always say you've seen Bradman. Well, I went and I can remember standing with my dad. We stood under the the fig trees, which were along what's the street, Edmonston Road, I think it yeah. is, Edmonston Street, there, along that side of Perry Park. And when Bradman came out to bat, I can still remember the crowd, and it was jam packed. Not that it could hold all that many people, but it was standing room only. And the noise they made when Bradman walked out, he only made a couple, he made three or four or something. But I, I can say that I, I actually saw the dog bat. Outstanding. <laughs> well, after his, well after his actual playing days, but it was great to, great to see. Oh, well, it's a great story, Macca. I mean, there's not too many of us left to say that we have seen him bat or even seen him in the flesh as well, which is brilliant stuff. You are listening Benny, to the... I, I, yeah. I got to meet him a couple of times after that in my you know, job as a sports broadcaster. I remember sitting with him one night next to him at dinner at the Gabba. Uh, it was the opening of the Don Bradman Library 
at the Queensland Cricketers Club and yeah. I had to be the MC for the night and I was sitting next to the Don, so I got to meet him on a couple of occasions. What was he like? Um, look, he was uh, he was very good. Um, look, he was. He is he was up for staying. a chat? Is he up for a chat or is he? Um, yes and no. Um, look, he was he was good company. I'd have to say, and I know really well a number of the players who were in his 1948 side, some of the legends, and I won't name them, but I'm sure you'll be able to guess who I'm talking about. Look, each and every one of them would say, Don Bradman. Oh. Without doubt, the greatest batsman there's ever been, and mm. no one has even come near him before or since. Um, as a person, though, wasn't the most popular. He was regarded as being somewhat aloof, although the players would always say the pressure that was on, on him, and wherever he went, the adulation, it was like, you know, he was like a rock star. And they said so he was, he was quite aloof from the, from the other players. So much so that I do remember one story that was told and young Neil Harvey, who was only, yeah. what, 19, I think, when uh, he went on that tour and scored a century in his, uh, in his first test, in the fourth test of, of that, um, that series. But Harvey, early on, was having some problems adjusting to the English conditions. And normally, you would go to your captain and say, look, Skipper, you know, I'm, I'm having some troubles. But he, Bradman was held in touch all. The players wouldn't do that. And... Um, they all said that the, the fellow who was closest to Bradman was Sam Loxton. And so they said to Neil Harvey, go and see Sam and get Sam to go and see Bradman for you and say to Bradman, look, I'm getting out. I'm getting caught quite a lot of the time. So Sam went and saw Bradman. Bradman didn't come back and say, well, get Harvey to come and see me. He just said to Sam, um, tell the young fellow, if he hits it along the ground, he won't get caught. And that was it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, they said he was, he was very aloof, but just the greatest batsman that they've ever seen. And they said there'd be no one like him before us. Macca, I, I want to pick your brains uh, about mm. those you, you've seen, you've come across in your storied career, but you also know the commercial realities of radio. Do you, I, I'm going to impress on you, um, do you have a <laughs> chance to stick around after the commercial break. I've got to pay some bills. I'm yep. looking at the clock. We could do. So I know I'm taking up a lot of your Wednesday morning, but um, yep. I, I, it's a story I, I, I want to hear. And I'm sure my yep. listeners do too. Uh, John McCoy will be back straight after this break inducted into the Queensland sport hall of fame tomorrow night. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. 24 minutes past 11, 28 degrees. This Wednesday morning, the final show of the year. A lot of love coming through on the text line for my guest, who I'm trying to remember the last time I actually brought someone over across a break, as we call it in the world of radio, getting to hold on. The story's so fascinating. I'm speaking none other than the doing himself, John McCoy, who is being inducted into the Queensland Sports Hall of Fame tomorrow night. Uh, Mac, state of origin, you've always been there since day one but one of the more memorable ones, and I heard Paddy talk about it this morning, uh, you and he down in Sydney, the SCG 1984. Well, the SCG turned into the swimming, the, the Sydney swimming pool rather than the Sydney cricket ground. That was the night Greg Dowling got it off the crossbar. 
He did. So kick from Wally that hit the crossbar and Greg Dowling scored. Yeah, and where we had to broadcast from, it was right up the back of the Bradman stand, actually. So you were right behind the goalposts and it was a terrible night. And Paddy was there. In fact, Paddy's dad, Benny was there as well. And so was my dad. He happened to come down to, to Sydney for the game. So, But it was a terrible place to have to call from at the best of times. And I called quite a few games from there. But on a night like that, it was a shocker. Um, but apart from the Greg Dowling try, I think the other thing I always remember about that game, and people will remember this incident, where Noel Cleal had to take a goal line dropout, and it was just so wet and the water everywhere that when he dropped the ball, it, of course, it didn't bounce, and he had an air swing. Yes. So that's a penalty in front. So it was two points, you know, penalty straight in front of the post. But not long after it, Queensland also had to take a goal line dropout from the same spot, and must have been in the second half, but the same end. And Wally realised that the ball wasn't going to bounce and the same thing would happen to him as happened to Noel Cleal. So Barry Gomesall was the referee and just as he was about to take the kick from under the post, he yelled out to Barry something like, Barry, they're offside, look at them. And the moment Barry sort of just turned his head, Wally punt kicked it. <laughs> and all the New South Wales players were blowing up. These days, of course, it'll be picked up on the video replays, but no such thing in those days. And Queensland got away with it. Queensland won the game, and New South Wales were filthy. Oh, outstanding! The king, eh? he's the king for a reason. Was, was, was he the is he the best you've you've called, Mac? Oh, it? rugby league wise, yeah, rugby league wise, absolutely, absolutely, mate. He was just an absolutely unbelievable player, and I guess. One of the things I was very lucky in an era like that when so many great young players like the Lewises and the Meningas and the Dowlings you mentioned at state of origin level, you know, Brett Kenny, the battle to Brett Kenny and Wally Lewis. Mm. And funny, both of them, we became, the three of us used to do so many games together, Brett and Wally and myself calling for Fox Sports. And it was just great to just sit and listen to them. And, and uh, But, you know, football-wise, just a genius, Wally. I've never seen one like him. Hey, is Bert the next immortal? Well, gee, I tell you what, I wouldn't like to be trying to pick that. <laughs> with, uh, he's got to be up there, but, you know, of the, of the Queenslanders as well, the mm-hmm. likes of, you know, the Jonathan Thurston's and the Billy Slater's coming through. And, and look, yeah, I wouldn't like to be on that panel, but Brett Kenny, great bloke and what a footballer. Maccabee and, for, and, and, oh, sorry, and Wally, yeah. they both say they brought the best out of each other, and they really did. Yeah, watching their battles uh, during during the eighties. Be- before I let you go, before time gets away from us, um, yeah. so many stories. You, you watch you watch Bradman at Perry Park. You mm. you you you, you <laughs> met him and spoke to him along the way. What about yeah. we we are blessed in, in what we do that we do get to meet so many different people, different uh, walks yeah. of life, but also the athletes. Do you have? Yes. Do you have a – I'm not even going to say favourite. That That's the lazy way. Do you have one that sticks in your mind the most over the journey? Yeah, I do, actually. I reckon the most interesting person that I've ever met in my life. And what happened, Ben, I was um, – I've always done some stuff for the, the IOC, um, and I'm on the IOC Historical Committee. And I was at um, doing a, a six-week course in Olympic history – uh, at the IOC's Academy, which is at Ancient Olympia, just across the road from the, the ancient ruins at, uh, at Olympia. Mm. And I was there for this six weeks, but in the middle of it, they had the um, 
the national Olympic committees and their delegates from every country were there for their national conference. And the IOC asked me, would, um, would I be the MC for the four or five days of this conference? So, you know, it was a, a remarkable experience. Mm. But one of the American delegates was Rayford Johnson. Now, Rayford Johnson was the silver medalist in the decathlon in Melbourne in 1956, and he won the gold medal in the decathlon in Rome in 1960. And a marvellous man, huge man, black American, but just one of the biggest men physically I have ever met. But a lovely, lovely man. And I got to know him really well and sat with him on quite a few occasions at lunches and dinners and really got to know him well and became, you know, very good, long-lasting friends with him. Mm. But his story, apart from being an Olympic champion, when he finished his athletic career, he went to American football for a, for a short while, but then was given a job with the American Secret Service. And he was one of the bodyguards for Robert Kennedy and was there with Robert Kennedy in the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles the night that he was assassinated by Sirhan Sirhan. And as Rafa said, look, we thought we had done everything possible in security-wise, but he said we didn't expect that in the, the kitchen of a hotel, this is where the assassin was going to be. And if you ever hear, and there is audio of it, I've heard it plenty of times, if you ever hear the audio, and I don't know where the audio came from, but if you ever hear it, you'll hear people saying, get the gun rafer, get the gun rafer. And he actually dived on Sir Hunt, Sir Hunt and disarmed him because he said it was too late. Robert Kennedy had been fatally wounded. And so, but just to talk to him and listen to him, he passed away, uh, he had a stroke a couple of years ago and passed away about 18 months or so ago now, but just one of the most remarkable and incredible people that I've ever met in my life. And there's been plenty of them, but, but Rafe is right up there. John, that is a story that I wasn't expecting. Of all the things that I was perhaps thinking you would come at me with, that was the last thing. That's an amazing story. And you know what? That's the beauty of what yeah. we do, isn't it, Macca? That we, 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 we come across these people, these stories, and we, we tell and help tell those stories. And you're one of the I'll best. Tell funny, <laughs> I tell you, I, I just to finish, Benny, I'll tell you one really remarkable coincidence of that story. Yeah. Some years after that, um, that time I spent in Greece, my wife Carmel and I were, were travelling and we were in Greece and the IOC uh, asked us, you know, said, look, come and stay at the academy for a couple of days. And so I, we did and I was able to show Carmel around, you know, so much of, of Olympia. And, and I said to her, we went into just one area just in front of this, one of their beautiful conference rooms. And I said, Right here, I said, That's this is where I, that photo of myself and Rafa was taken. And she knew what I was talking about. I've got a beautiful photo with, with him at home. You wouldn't believe it, but that night, that very night, we went back to our room at the academy. And I happened to turn on the TV, and it was CNN I was watching. And it was that day, so 50 years before. So this is what, 2010. So 50 years before to the day that Rafa had won his gold medal at Rome, and they had taken Rafa back to the Stadio Olimpico in Rome to reenact wow. him winning his gold medal. I said, I can't believe this, but I'm sitting here tonight <laughs> where I met him right here, and here we are 50 years to the day, and here he is on TV reenacting his gold medal. It was fantastic. 
The world works in mysterious ways, Macca, in the mysterious ways. Congratulations again. The Queensland Sports Hall of Fame inductee, just the third from the world of media broadcasting legend, John McCoy. John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Enjoy tomorrow night and everything else. It's been a great chat. John McCoy. Oh, you, you could talk. I feel like I have been talking to him all day, but it doesn't. It feels like just a moment. We've been blessed, haven't we? 13 13 736 736. Um, Amy's standing by with the news. It's 11 33.